Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 it's a fact if the riches of the wealthy were given to the average american the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all not because they're more deserved but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them and once it's in their hands they work it to their self-interest The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FinRed Civic and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. The autumn weather this week has been great. Cool mornings, cool days too. Cool mornings and evenings, and midday temperatures in the 50s and 60s. And the weather forecast goes clear days until until Thursday, I think. And there'll be lots of good days for walks and runs, and I better stick with the walks because that's my that's my speed nowadays. And that way, I think I can I can. Get to know nature better. You know, I get closer to nature. And uh, nature is all around us. And uh, right now, the leaves are starting to fall. The bees are starting to put on the displays of reds and oranges. When you look at the forest as you drive by, you can see the the, the colors change. And another another week from now, it'll be really startling. In any case. Uh, autumn is a great time of the year to enjoy the outdoors before old man winter arrives. And then you'll be sorry that you <laughs> you missed these good days. And uh, in fact, 
Uh, looking around for old man winter, I don't think I've seen any ice on my windshield yet. So apparently we haven't had any frost out in my area. Right now, one of the uh, lesser outside jobs is raking up the leaves, which is an easy job right now. But hey, well, let's wait a couple of weeks and uh, maybe after some heavy rains, the leaves will come down like an avalanche. After that, leaf raking will be my main exercise program for several weekends. But even then, I'll be outside enjoying my own garden and the fall foliage. And even while raking leaves, that's good for the shoulders, and moving and mowing the grass, we can think about our financial plans and new goals and investments and maybe even estate plans. And... We mustn't forget that Columbus Day is Monday, and some people will get off Monday and have a long weekend. The state and federal government offices will be closed. That includes the post office, and uh, the banks will also be closed, as well as the bond market. So the stock market will be open Monday. So uh, look, you know, if we take a, a look at our investments at where we're at today, what we're seeing in terms of the investments is this week the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. the three major stock indices were up for the week, and boy, that was a relief. And uh, but aside from the U.S., the global equity markets were mixed. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up, and in the European Union, Germany's DAX was up, but the broader stock, Europe 600, was down for the week. Uh, it was a similar situation in Asia, where Japan's Nikkei 225 was up, and Hong Kong's Hang Seng was also up for the week, but China's uh, Shanghai Composite was down for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed at uh, Dow Jones at 29,000, 296.79, so it was up uh, close to 2%. It was actually up 1.99% for the week. The Standard & Poor 500 closed at 3,639.66, so it was up 1.5% for the week, 1.51 to be exact percent for the week, and the NASDAQ closed at 10,652.40, and that was up uh, uh, three quarters, uh, 0.73% for the week. So all in all, the, you know, the stocks were up this week because the, there was a bounce on Monday and Tuesday, probably because the numbers in the job openings, uh, uh, the JOLTS report, they dropped by over a million. They dropped uh, job openings dropped from... Uh, the previous uh, 11.2 million in July to uh, 10 million uh, at the end of uh, August, and I think perhaps investors uh, hope that the reduced uh, job openings would signal the uh, Federal Reserve that the labor market is weakening and there's a lack of uh, pace of uh, interest rate increases. The Federal Reserve has been particularly attuned to the labor market because it's been so strong and uh, their plan the Federal Reserve's plan is that uh, they want to slow down the economy in order to be able to 
reduce the demand and get the demand more in line with the supply and reduce that uh, uh, pressure from inflation. But uh, the, the Federal Reserve seems to be intent and focused on these rate increases, and stocks continue to be pressured by this week by pressured by the fear of a major recession being driven by the uh, Federal Reserve continuing to raise the uh, federal funds rate. If the Federal Reserve raises the interest rates enough to dramatically slow the economy and increase unemployment from three and a half percent, which is is right now, which is a uh, a long time record, low record for unemployment. If they can uh, increase it to maybe five or six percent, uh, then consumers will cut spending, and and uh, once a consumer cuts spending, the corporate earnings will, will start to go down. Presently, corporate earnings for the Standard and Poor 500 have exceeded earnings a year ago by about ten percent. For the first quarter, I think for the second quarter too, we'll find out uh, for the third quarter. We'll find out out there next week when they start uh, coming out with um, the companies that come out with the third quarter uh, earnings numbers. And uh, uh, and, uh, that may not be possible uh, if a recession, uh, you know, the interest, the, 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 the if the recession causes uh, uh, the corporate corporate revenues to fall, right now what we have is a situation of the corporate earnings are up strictly because, mostly because uh, the companies are paying paying strict attention to their earnings and they're increasing their prices uh, to predict those earnings. And most of the time they have pricing power, so the people are willing to pay more. But where if an inflation, if a recession really starts, then the people are going to pull back, and uh, uh, then you're going to see the revenues, uh, the corporations fall, and then there'll be another drag uh, on the stock prices. So, thus far, corporate earnings have been positive and increasing as stock prices have fallen. Uh, you know, because of the compression of the uh, price to earnings ratio, for instance, like. Uh, the, if you look at the uh, price to earnings a year ago for the trailing price to earnings ratio, it was 30, 30.1. Uh, today, it's about uh, 17.8. And if you look at the forward price to earnings ratio, a year ago it was 21.5. Now it's 16.3. That's more in line with those numbers are more in line. Uh, the 17.8 for the trailing and the 16.3 for the forward price to earnings uh, estimates. That's more in line with the long-term uh, numbers for standard and poor 500. So uh, what you're looking at is that the investors are fearful of a recession driving the driven by the interest rate hikes and are basically not willing to pay as much more for earnings as they were a year ago. So a year ago, uh, they were willing to pay 30 to 1, and now they're willing to pay uh, basically 18 to 1. So uh, the earnings are up, the stock prices are down, and the thing in between is the price-to-earnings ratio, and that's basically driven by uh, the psychology of the investor. 
if I'm if I'm uh, fearful, that number gets smaller, and if I'm happy and greedy, uh, that number gets larger. Well, we're fearful right now, so it's getting smaller. And uh, basically, the latest jobs report uh, will probably solidify. Uh, that came out this week. It came out yesterday. That latest jobs report will probably solidify the Federal Reserve's original plan to keep uh, aggressively raising interest rates, regardless of the JOLTS report. The JOLTS report is that, hey, the job openings have uh, fallen by a million in August. Uh, What we're seeing from the job situation report that came out on Friday is that, uh, hey, uh, the job numbers are up. And uh, uh, the labor market is still strong. And uh, so what we're looking at then is uh, expectations for three-quarters of a percent fund rate, a federal funds rate increase in early November. That's what I think they're meeting on the 1st and 2nd of November. Uh, and then followed by another three-quarters of a percent or maybe a half a percent increase at the December Federal Reserve meeting. Uh, That'll put the year and federal funds rate at somewhere around four and a half to to four and three quarters of a percent, with possibly more increases in 2023, depending upon how inflation responds to this. You know, we know the plan. The plan is that... uh, the Federal Reserve is totally focused on uh, controlling inflation now, uh, regardless of what happens to the unemployment rates or to the stock market or even to the growth of the economy. And uh, uh, that's their fixation. And uh, uh, thus far, uh, the inflation picture is not encouraging. Uh, we'll get uh, a new consumer price index number this week. I think it comes out on Thursday. But if I take a look at the two measures that the Federal Reserve uses to to gauge inflation, one's the CPI number, and in that case, they look at the uh, uh, both the consumer price index uh, change from month to month as well as from year to year. And the latest results from August indicate that uh, even though the uh, the, the consumer price index that includes food and fuel went down from 8.5% in July to, to 8.3% in August. That was good news. But if you look at the uh, core uh, consumer price indices, uh, that shows a different story. That shows that the year-over-year uh, core uh, CPI numbers went from 5.9 up to 6.3, which means that it's going up, going in the wrong direction. And uh, the the item, the CPI that includes food and fuel, for the prominent reason that that went down from 8.5 to 8.3 is because of the fall in gasoline prices during the time that they were measuring that. If you take a look at your gasoline prices recently, and what you're going to see is your gasoline prices are going up again. And basically, OPEC plus one is uh, 
talking about uh, more uh, reductions in the amount of uh, oil production. In other words, the, uh, the OPEC plus one controls about half of the oil production in the world, and the world production of oil, petroleum, uh, is uh, something in the order of 96 million barrels of oil a day. And uh, uh, you know, look at that, that that group, and a lot of those groups, a lot of members of that group, uh, that oil revenue is basically their their uh, uh, their national treasury. In other words, that's their annual funds that they get from the oil. So it's not like in the United States where we're talking about a tax on the oil companies. In their cases, if uh, oil goes down from uh, $100 a barrel to, I think it's around $90 a barrel now, if it goes down 10%, that means that the government revenues have gone down basically 10% for the year. Uh, a good example would be Saudi Arabia, where most of their government revenues do come from uh, the oil. Uh, but <clears throat> So the CPI numbers are not going in the right direction uh, from July to August. Uh, the core numbers are coming up. The ones for the month rose from uh, in the month of July. The core CPI rose three-tenths of a percent. In August, it rose six-tenths of a percent. And the year-over-year rose from 5.9 to 6.3. And then the other measure of uh, inflation that the Federal Reserve uses is the personal consumption expenditure and that also shows that uh, uh, there's a problem here too. In other words, in the in the num- in the numbers that include the personal consumption expenditure, the includes gas and, and food. Uh, it shows a reduction in the year-to-year value from 6.4 to 6.2 from July to August. But when you take a if you get rid of the food and fuel and just talk about the other 80% of the basket that, that we're measuring, then it's gone up over the year over year. It's gone up 47 to 4.9%, definitely going in the wrong direction. So they don't have inflation under control yet. And that's why uh, the expectation is that they're going to raise the rates even more. So uh, let's, just, let's go to the uh, phone and uh, get some of our listeners involved here. Hello, Joe. This is Jim McAleese. How are you today? Jim, I'm doing great. Enjoying this uh, little chilly weather here in Northeast Ohio, but uh, enjoying more your radio show program that you've had for you and Tama over all these years. I was lucky enough years and years ago to be at one of the seminars that that, uh, Tama uh, had and I also attended one of your classes. I think at some vocational school one time over the years. But oh, I got a question you for much. you. Go ahead. By the way, uh, when you have a loved one that has to go into like assisted living or a nursing home, is any of that expenses? Uh, and it's so darn expensive in these places nowadays. Is any mm-hmm. of it? Uh, a deductible on your federal income taxes if you still file taxes? No. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry to say that, but uh, basically what you're saying is it does cost an exorbitant amount of money. You're talking somewhere in the order of uh, $85,000 a year if you're in, uh, if you need medical care in these uh, nursing homes. And uh, uh, basically the idea is that uh, you worked all your life, you and the spouse have worked all your life to accumulate savings and for your security, and uh, uh, this is basically what you saved it for. Hopefully, you would give it to the youngsters, but uh, if you need the nursing home, yeah, you, there's no, basically, uh, government uh, help for that. Sorry to say that, Joe, but that's the case. Okay, I thought that was that's what it was, Jim, from all the listening that I've done all these many, many years, but I was hoping mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. that there might be some deduction, you know, you could use on your income taxes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... Uh, uh, what can you say? It just, uh, it just hits your bottom line and basically destroys... Not destroys. I don't want to be... I don't want to be too downbeat here, too, but uh, we go through this with our clients, and uh, uh, the, the hopefully uh, the good the good news is that you do have the money to be able to uh, afford those things, and the bad news is that uh, uh, it's so expensive. So, sorry, I right, you keep up the good you work, Jim. Enjoy it every week, and I look forward to you and some of the other uh, programs on Saturday morning also at WHK. They're doing a great job. Thank you, All sir. right. Thank you very much, Joe. You have a good uh, have a good weekend and have a good uh, week here. Uh, okay, let's go to the phones again with Jason. Hello, Jason. This is Jim McAleese. How are you today? I'm doing good, Jim. How about you? Hey, I'm doing great, too. I'm sitting here in the sun. It's great. Uh, the autumn's here. It's dry. What more can they There's no hurricane schedule for yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, suffer, we suffer with the cold weather, but our reward is no hurricane. Right, right. Hey, Jim, I'm having a so, little hard time hearing you. Could you speak up a little bit for me? I will do that. Yes, Jason. Go ahead. Give me your question. Okay. Yeah, my question is, with um, with the with the interest rates already rising now uh, above three percent, I think we're at three and a quarter. The inflation raging on still in in eight percent, or take the Fed's preferred gauge uh, five, I think, with the PCE. We we seem to need to get above the inflation rate with the interest rate. Uh, historically, that's the way it's been in order to tame or kill the inflation. Um, I guess my concern is, Jim. Are, are are we getting to a point where we're going to have so much debt that we won't be able to raise the interest rate to the proper level to kill this inflation? And is some of this inflation not even curable by interest rate hikes unless they were unless they were so severe to put us into something like a depression? And the reason why I ask that is we have a we have a, a shortfall in jobs, almost one job opening or one one point nine. Uh, jobs for every one person that's applying and an unemployment rate in the threes. I mean, we can't, we, the Fed can't manufacture people. So uh, some of this, uh, some of this inflation doesn't seem like, and they can't manufacture chips and all the other shortages. So 
I guess I, I, what I'm wondering is, are we going to have to suffer through some of this inflation for, for a longer period of time? And, and also, these, these corporations and people, they're not used to having interest rates above 1% or 2%. Are we going to break covenants in, in some corporations not being able to refinance the debt and, and, and really start to see some of these zombie companies go under? Um, and um, also, too, for your listeners, don't be fooled by that scam to, to, to not pay property taxes with 50000 or income or lower that they're trying to push. Somebody's going to pay those taxes, and you're going to pay them even if you're under that in another way, whether it's sales tax or something else. So just wanted to get that out there and then hear your thoughts, Jim. Okay. Um, well, my thoughts are I look at uh, uh, inflation, and the only thing that uh, you can actually say with any certainty is the plan of the Federal Reserve is to increase those rates. But having said that, uh, the question is how high are we going to go? And right now what we're looking at is uh, by the end of the year, the central funds rate or the overnight rate will be ever, uh, it'll be close to 5%. It'll be basically the 45 or 4 and 3 quarters percent. Then uh, there'll be a, uh, increases next year too. So I, I'm looking at incre- I'm looking at the federal funds rate being five uh, or six percent, uh, probably in the first quarter by the end of the first quarter of next year. Question: Your question is, what does that do to inflation? Uh, the uh, the standard textbook answer is that it's going to slow the economy down. And it's going to cause unemployment. And as unemployment goes up, what you're going to see is the uh, people will stop spending. Is that going to be the case? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I know the plan. Uh, the plan is that the Federal Reserve is going to keep increasing these rates until they either get inflation under control or until they blink. And when I say they blink, I mean that the uh, unemployment rate uh, gets high enough that the uh, uh, the commotion, the, the political atmosphere becomes such that you've got to stop raising these rates. So what I'm looking at the plan right now is that they're going to raise them from 3.5% unemployment to somewhere around uh, 5%, maybe 6% unemployment. That's going to bring down the uh, spending of the consumer, uh, and then when the spending of the consumer uh, slows down, then all of your uh, industrial, all of your companies are going to slow down too. So that's going to be the the day cure for inflation. How it's going to work out in detail, month week by week, month by month, uh, nobody knows. In the big picture. It'll work out, uh, but there's, you know, there's there's going to be suffering involved in terms of unemployment, and uh, uh, hopefully the stocks won't go down too much more, too much more. But they could, if the unemployment gets high enough to cause a, a major recession. I think you're you're kind of looking at a recession in any case here, whether it's minor or major. And the question is, will it be major? Will it be to the point where, like I said before, the companies are making money right now. 
if we get into a major uh, uh, recession, then the corporate earnings are going to slide off, too. So uh, I don't know, Jason, I don't know how it's going to work out. Nobody knows. All they know is that this is, this is what they've done in the past, and this is what it takes to cure inflation. The most, yeah, thank you. The worst, thing thank that they, the worst thing that they can do is do this on and off stuff that they did in the 70s. If you recall, in the 1970s, in 72, uh, they raised the rates because of inflation, and then they blinked because they had a recession. It was caused by raising the rates, and then they lowered the rates. And then the rest of the, the rest of the seventies, they were on and off again, uh, up and down. And then uh, the thing that continued on in the seventies was inflation, and that took uh, a major recession at the end of the seventies in, in uh, nineteen eighty-one, eighty-two to cure that. So, but Jim, can't they start? Can't they starve some of these yes, people sir. out that aren't working? Can't they? I mean, we got a lot of people that are able-bodied that can work, and they could that could help alleviate some wage pressure. Can't we starve them out by not giving them money to to, to offset their student loans and increasing the food stamps, oh, yeah. increasing the rent? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the federal government <clears throat> seems like they're fighting they're fighting the Fed with their fiscal policy. They keep they keep fanning the flames of inflation by dumping more stimulus. I'm reading about all these. States that are giving inflation, um, inflation stimulus checks because for people to combat the inflation. I mean, it's just pouring gasoline yeah. on the fire. I I don't know if we've ever well, seen a, a government that's that, that's working against the Fed as they're trying to fight inflation. So, your thoughts on that? You, you've seen it before. It happens all the time. The politicians uh, are buying votes, and the politicians buy votes by uh, giving out all this. Uh, uh, free stuff. In other words, the elections are coming up in November, and you've never seen so much uh, activity going on in, in terms of uh, uh, money for this and money for that. So uh, governments do it all the time. You saw it in the 70s. You're seeing it now. Uh, you, you, you're very perceptive in the sense that it is a problem. You can have the government, the fiscal side, Spending money, increasing the money in the system. At the same time, you can have the monetary uh, side, the Federal Reserve, increasing the interest rates and sucking money out of the system. So they can work at cross purposes, and they have done it in the past. I hope to God that this one, uh, they 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 uh, uh, get this uh, spending. Uh, quieted down because it's working at cost purposes to the increase in the interest rates. So thanks, okay, thanks, Jason. Jim. Thanks, thanks for your insight. I thanks. appreciate. It. Have a good weekend. You too. Thanks for calling, Jason. Bye bye. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight eight eight. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. 
Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host, Jim McAlee. Hey, uh, we had some good questions there. You know, basically, I'm impressed with the uh, the the uh, uh, information that our clients have, or our listeners have, in terms of uh, being able to see what's going on in the, the, the real economy and uh, the political scene and everything else. And uh, uh, you know, one of the one of the things we're living with right now is this inflation thing, and that's causing pain right now, and it's going to cause more pain. Who knows, how much pain it's going to cause is kind of unknown because it's unknown in terms of how the economy and the uh, uh, the prices and everything else are going to react to these increases in the interest rates. Later this uh, on Thursday of next week, we're going to see the uh, uh, consumer price index numbers for September. Uh, I don't have a good feel for what they're going to look like. You know, the last one I just mentioned, the last ones we looked at showed that the uh, uh, year, year ago inflation or the twelve months inflation number. Uh, went down because of the reduction in the fuel prices, but uh, the overall uh, consumer prices, the stuff for the rent and for the for the uh, um, medical expenses and all the rest of it, that's still increasing. So we'll see what that number, the latest number, looks like on Thursday. And Wednesday, we'll also see what the minutes of the... Uh, of the last uh, Federal Reserve meeting, the meeting on September 20th and 21st. Uh, those minutes will come out, and we'll see what they talked about uh, beyond their their official announcement that came out the uh, 21st of uh, September. But, hey, it, it's something we have to keep track of because it's impacting us and it's impacting our investments and it's impacting our goals and, and everything else we're, we're involved with. So, um, even as the Federal Reserve plans to cure inflation, depending upon slowing the economy, we are seeing slowdowns in some areas, but it's barely perceptible. You know, new home construction is slowing down uh, with the increase in the mortgages from 3% to 7% for 30-year mortgages. We're also seeing 
existing home sales slow down for the same reason. But it's not, not night and day. It's not even hardly perceptible. There's so much work in the pipeline. We're also seeing corporate capital improvement projects uh, being postponed. And then we're also seeing slowdown in the hiring plan. So all of these things are, are the economy is slowing, but is it slowing enough to uh, bring inflation down? And that's the big question. How, how long is it going to take and how much pressure is, it, is are we going to have to exert to get inflation under control? Let's go to our phones again. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Hi, Dan. Can I help you? Yeah, Hi, Jim. Jim. I heard that in the previous caller that you said that things get ugly enough that the Fed will eventually blink. But what's that look like that they pivot and give up the fight on inflation to fight the recession? Could we eventually become like a Weimar Republic and have runaway inflation then? No. What will happen is what you got, what you saw in the 70s, the 1970s, uh, yeah, that that uh, that was a case of too much money in the system. Uh, the government had borrowed all sorts of money to get the uh, Great Society going at the same time we were fighting uh, the Vietnam War. So there was government borrowing the lower and there was money everywhere. And through the 70s, it was a case of, uh, uh, in 72, uh, Arthur Burns was the head of the Federal Reserve. He saw inflation going up. He increased the rates. And uh, then he had a recession on his hands, and he had to choose what he's going to do. So he blinked, and he began to lower the rates. And what he did, what he did was solve the recession, the, the mini-recession, but he, the, the inflation was allowed to continue on, and it got up to basically... 15 or 16 percent by the end of the uh, 70s, and it was cured uh, by Volcker when he raised the overnight rates up to 20 percent in uh, 1981, I think it was. And he caused a recession at that, that time that amounted to uh, unemployment rates of 10 percent. So uh, it can be done. Uh, that episode that um, Happened in '72 with uh, uh, where the uh, uh, Federal Reserve blinked is known as Burns's blunder. Uh, Arthur Burns was the chief of the Federal Reserve at that time, and uh, he's the one that blinked, or he, he was in charge of the Federal Reserve that blinked. What I expect to do, what I expect to see, is it'll play out. Uh, we, we will see the the rates go up. And then we'll see how uh, inflation reacts to that. Uh, well, his uh, historically speaking, you know, the, 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 the debt to GDP has never been higher. I mean, back then, correct me if I'm wrong, it was only like 20% or 30%. Now we're at 130%. So, I mean, mm -hmm. how could you, how, how could we make the same, com same comparison to that era in time where we, we run as laden with debt like we are now? Well, the, the ability to go into debt, if you could take a look at Japan, I think Japan is something like 270%. Uh, their debt is 2.7 times their uh, GDP. So there is and they have zero growth. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's true, too. There's a lot of variables I mean, in this game. 
So what you're you saying is off? that uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to cut you off more time. I mean, it seems like the end game here is we're going to end up with stagflation, ultimately. You can't effectively fight inflation. If they pivot, that's what we're going to wind up with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That, 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 what you're going to end up with is that there's a possibility of stagflation, and stagflation was characteristic of the, uh, the late 70s. And uh, uh, it was also characteristic in, uh, of the late 70s that uh, uh, we had a wage-price spiral at that time. And by wage-price spiral, I meant that, like right now, Inflation is running at eight uh, percent, and uh, per year, and uh, uh, what you're seeing in uh, the official uh, increase, uh, wage increases is in the order of five percent. So wages are, are losing approximately two, three percent a year relative to inflation. Okay, uh, workers. At a certain point in time, uh, after they endure this for so long, then it comes down to, uh, I need a raise so that I can just stand still. And uh, that's when you get into wage price spiral. That's when you get into uh, stagflation, uh, when you're just fighting like the devil just to stand still. Uh, There is a way out of that. And you, you you can take a look at what uh, Volcker did in uh, 1981. So and that's one of the things that inspiring this present uh, Federal Reserve headed by Powell, Jerome Powell. That's one of the things that they mentioned at that uh, end of August meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, was that, hey, uh, we're looking at what happened in the 70s. We're looking what happens when you let inflation get out of control. And if you do let it get out of control, it's going to take a lot to get it back under control. So you better do a good job of stamping it out while you can. That's that's what you're hearing from the Federal Reserve, and that's what you're going to see in terms of uh, rate increases. So we know what's going to happen. We just don't know what the response is going to be in terms of uh, inflation. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, hear I just can't just, see Powell being able to be Volcker just based on the debt levels. I mean, we can't raise interest rates up to higher the the, the, ta- the Taylor rule to one or two percent above the inflation rate because of our debt. I mean, they're they're really paying into a corner. Yeah, well, we've done that before too. What you're going to do? What you're going to hopefully see? Hopefully is that inflation right now is at 8.3%. You're going you're gonna to hopefully see inflation start to come down as the interest rates, the overnight rates or payment funds rates, whatever, whatever you want to call them, they go up, and you're going to see them, uh, one going up, that's the federal funds rate, the other one, inflation coming down, and hopefully when they reach about 6%, uh, 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 overnight rate, uh, the inflation rate will be down at uh, 4%, uh, and then we'll be able to compress inflation down to, uh, I think, 3% probably the, the number that they'll declare victory at. Because 3% is a long-term inflation number, not, not 2%. So, 
Okay. They really got the it, it, they it, really got the thread eye the needle on this one. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> they got a job ahead of them. <laughs> this is called you got that this right. is really called job security. <laughs> yep. Thanks for taking my Look, call, Jim. All right, you take care. Have a good day. <laughs> all right, right. Take care. Take care, Dad. Bye bye. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh to me, it's one of the things about what we're watching in terms of the Federal Reserve, and it is slowing inflation down. You can see it in home construction. You can see it in existing home sales. You can see it in the capital improvement projects that are being postponed. You can see it in manufacturing. Manufacturing is Ending to, uh, appears to be slowing down over the past two months. That's according to uh, uh, a survey of manufacturing managers from uh, two independent sources using different methodologies. One's the Institute of Supply Management, and they say that uh, uh, while manufacturing is still growing, it is slowing down. Uh, and the same thing is true for the other uh, source in the, the Standard and Poor Global Manufacturing Survey, and they show that, uh, again, uh, manufacturing uh, is slowing down, but it's still it's still growing. It, it is close to the neutral point. They're getting close to the neutral point, but the service industries are basically picking up. So uh, uh, on... Uh, on Friday, the job situation report for September, uh, that provided a, an example of a labor market that's losing some momentum. You know, job growth slowed and the employers added uh, 263,000 workers in uh, September. And uh, that was basically less than the 315,000 that were added in August. So, that's a, a move in the right direction, but these numbers are still robust. You know, we're still seeing, uh, uh, still seeing the pressure on the stocks and the bonds because of increasing the, the uh, interest rates because uh, uh, the relative strength of the job market is going to keep the Federal Reserve on, on track to approve another large increase at this November meeting and also probably at the December meeting. So, uh, in fact, the uh, uh, the unemployment numbers, if you took a, take a look at them, either uh, the unemployment numbers from this um, report yesterday show that the unemployment is down uh, to 3.5%, which is some sort of, I don't know, 30-year low. And uh, why did it go down to 3.5%? Why? Because people dropped out of the labor market. I don't know how you, how you. <laughs> this is this is a question that nobody has an answer to in terms of where are the people going. I've seen some comments that people are are uh, going and uh, for childcare and things of this nature, uh, uh, but you seem to, that would seem to uh, to be opposite to what we saw in. Uh, COVID, when COVID and kids were home and everything else, uh, then you needed people to take care of the children because there was no schools. 
Now the schools are back in operation, so there should be less child care. Uh, but that's a given an excuse for why we don't have more people in the workplace. So uh, it's one of those things that's the story that's unfolding. The one thing that we have to do in, in terms of kind of uh, taking taking this information into uh, uh, into our spectrum and saying, okay, uh, that's what's happening in the global economy. What's happening in our micro economy, which is our world? In other words, I have a job, I have a paycheck, I have a family, I have got uh, 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 maybe two paychecks. Uh, what do I want to do, and how is this going to affect me? What we're seeing is that uh, uh, basically you still have to stay focused on your plan, regardless of what the big global economy is doing. You've got goals and desires in terms of, uh, some cases, getting through school, starting a career, settling down, starting a family, uh, buying a house, starting a business, uh, retirement. And there's uh, basically costs and schedules. You can look ahead and you say, uh, you know, for any age group, uh, what would their goals be? And they're pretty consistent. You know, people retire at 65, so if you're going to and Social Security is is uh, there at 66, so uh, people are going to retire around that age, and they need their nest egg plus their Social Security uh, to be able to have a security and retirement. And then you got your uh, how do you how do you get the money for these things? And it basically then boils down to your savings and uh, putting aside a certain amount, pay yourself first, where you actually, at the start of the month, you put your money uh, from the paycheck, from your uh, checking account, into uh, those savings that are going to support your goals in the future, be it a down payment for a house, or be it a retirement fund. And uh, so... So basically, how are you going to how are you going to construct that plan to uh, save that much? And what do you expect? What do you intend to uh, save it for? Is it for a car? Is it for a wedding? Is it for a home? Is it for a business? And how do you invest it short term and long term? And what kind of risks are you willing to take for what kind of reward? Uh, also, changes uh, occur in terms of our risk-reward uh, appetites as we get closer uh, to retirement. And then you also have to protect yourself against the unknowns, uh, the lawsuits or the the, uh, the death of uh, uh, the, the wage earners. So then it's a case of saying, okay, uh, then you've got to have property and casualty insurance in case somebody, uh, in case you in your car uh, run over, uh, have an accident, and uh, all the liability associated with that. Or do you have to have death insurance and life insurance? And uh, you also have to do your estate planning. And then you have to, <laughs> you know, when you get to that point in life, that you say, okay, now, 
uh, you know, you look at your life expectancy and say, okay, you got to prepare for this. How are you going to prepare for it? Are you going to uh, put it in a, a, a foundation or a trust or, a, or just a beneficiary form? In most cases, uh, the beneficiary form is... And, and for for estate planning, it boils down to uh, the uh, monies in the financial institutions, be it the banks, the insurance companies, the pension plans, the uh, credit unions, everything. All those assets uh, travel by way of the beneficiary forms. So when you open your account, you put down a certain a certain people as beneficiaries. And uh, if something happens to you, then basically uh, those beneficiaries can go to the financial institution and say, hey, uh, here's my driver ID. It shows who I am. And if you check your beneficiary forms, you'll see that I'm a beneficiary on certain accounts. And the financial institution uh, will uh, change the accounts over to uh, deregister them in your name. Be it mutual funds or bank accounts or be it whatever it is. So you have to know uh, uh, you have to know about the beneficiary forms. You also have to know about the wills. Uh, the wills are, are useful for uh, uh, transferring real property, be it homes and things of this nature. And then you contact your lawyer. And you put together a will and a power of attorney and a health care power of attorney and things of this nature. And you sit down with a lawyer and go, he'll ask you the questions and he'll explain to you uh, what the rules and regs are in terms of uh, transferring this money after your death. And in most cases, it's fairly simple in the sense that there's a couple, uh, if one, one spouse uh, dies, then the surviving couple is generally the beneficiary. And when the surviving spouse dies, it generally goes to uh, the children. And the children uh, get the, uh, uh, if you're working with IRAs, the children get beneficiary IRAs, which have certain rules and regulations. But once you go through, once you get into the the estate planning and gifting, this is all the stuff that you'll get into. So so uh, those are things that you have to look at. And really, the, the you know, time has shown that the investments uh, will come back. Uh, it's, only, uh, it's only a matter of time. Some people don't have that much time, but that's a, that's a problem. But this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Go. Life continues to return to normal. The COVID epidemic is mostly history now. And uh, as we're getting up to speed again, everything is moving faster now with more demands, more deadlines, more frustration, and we're beginning to feel overwhelmed. But what can we do? Once upon a time, a psychology professor walked around on the stage while 
teaching a stress management uh, principles course to uh, the students in an auditorium. And uh, if he raised a glass of water, uh, everyone expected they'd be asked the typical half glass half empty or glass half full question. Instead, with a smile on his face, the professor asked, how heavy is this glass of water I'm holding? And the students shouted out answers ranging from uh, eight ounces to a couple of pounds. And he replied, from my perspective, the absolute weight of this glass of water doesn't matter. It all depends upon how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute or two, it's fairly light. If I hold it for an hour straight, it's weight and I make my arm work a little. If I hold it for a day, my arm will likely cramp up and feel completely numb and paralyzed, forcing me to drop the glass. In each case, the weight of the glass doesn't change, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. As the class shook their head in agreement, he continued, your anger, stress, worry, are very much like this glass of water. Think about them for a while and nothing happens. Think about them for a little longer, you begin to ache a little. Think about them all day long and you will feel completely numb and paralyzed and capable of doing anything else until you drop them. It's important to remember to let go of your anger, your worries, no matter what happens during the day. In the evening, put your burdens down. Don't carry them throughout the night and into the next day. If you're still obsessing about yesterday's presence, it's a time that you have to put the glass down. Realize who you are. You're only one person. Make your plan. Control your environment. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.